Up this up this still the substitute. Y'all still got the substitute teacher. Uh, Mr. O'Brien will be back tomorrow, but I have one last uh, blooper video I want to show y'all. But before we do that, let's get into this show. Hello, Internet. Hello, class. And welcome to season 139, episode one of the Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is the podcast where we kick off America's old rotten skull and be like, what the fuck? Okay, all right. Is everybody saying this? Everyone? Okay. Okay, so everyone, okay, can we, we can talk about this? Great. And we say officially off the top, fuck the Koch brothers, fuck Fox News, fuck Rush Limbaugh, fuck Buck Sex, fuck, 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 Buck Sexton, got tied, tongue tied on that one, fuck JK Rowling, fuck any motherfucker standing in the, in the way of quality and inclusion. Okay, it's Monday, June 22nd, 2020. My name is Miles Gray, aka Boom, 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 Boom. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Cole. It to the 19. Okay, that's in reference to probably the second wave of infections that could be happening. And that was, I think, a meme I saw on the internet. Uh, because, man, people are really reckless out here without these masks. And I can only imagine whew, uh, what could happen down the road. Um, but enough about me. I am thrilled to be joined by my co-host from heaven, from on high, from the land of scams. It's the scam goddess herself. Just the fucking genius, Lacey Mosley. Yes, what's up? It's your girl, Scam Goddess, a.k.a. Oh I may have got jacked, but at least I'm alive. Scam on me, me, me. Scam on me, me, me. Scam on me. It's beautiful. Who gave you that one? Was that from you? Uh, I wrote that one, too, real oh quick. My. <laughs> you are uh, just a visionary. You're not out I here. I know these vocals are trash, y'all, but I'm no, warming oh, up. Don't be humble. <laughs> People heard the kiss from a rose one. I hear. I'm pretty sure it already went gold, and it's number 15 on the iTunes charts. Yeah, uh, Seal is suing me, so that yeah. the scam worked out great. <laughs> he is suing me. <laughs> well, Lacey, we are very honored, thrilled to be joined by yes. somebody I have really uh, fucked with on the internet and Twitter for a long time now, uh, and it's just. Super dope to have this man on the show now. Uh, the brilliant, talented, hilarious comedian, writer, activist, whatever you want to call him, because he's everything. everything. Welcome, Mama Doing Jai. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Do thank you for sing? coming. Am I supposed if to you, sing? You got some? If you have, if you want to. I AKA. don't have a. I don't have a song. I just want to say that like the top three songs of the summer got to be the hip hop Harry B. That's that. I'm gonna be playing that at a party on go, Juneteenth. Go, it's gonna go. go yeah. Go. Hey. Hey, hey, <laughs> I, I'm absolutely going to be playing that. Second one, you about to lose your job. Yep. Uh, that lady, shout out to you, gave us a classic, a banger. And then finally, my favorite song of this whole protest cycle is NYPD Suck My Dick. Yeah. Uh, love it. Every single <laughs> permutation of it. And, um, yo, definitely, yeah. I'm sorry, Lacey, but it's like right under yours. You better make sure that you, you be pushing yours to the top of that billboard chart. Because I also I already got... suck my dick. When I want Scam on up, Me by Lady Gaga. Yeah. <laughs> when people bring up a lot of these songs from the protests, I always have to mention that one, the Detroit techno one uh, with the man oh. on like the bombed out car. No justice, yeah. no peace. No, Fuck these racist no, ass police. police. That one is a fucking yeah. bangar. Certified uh, Bob. <laughs> yeah, it, it's always funny to be at protests and see cops starting to like dance a little bit to like what we yelling at them. They're just right, like, this shit kind of goes. It's about us. We fucking like, streets, our streets. Okay, okay. <laughs> if y'all say so. 
<laughs> so Justin, okay. fuck these racist ass polo. Oh, 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 mm. Wait, Yo. wait, that's what. Uh, uh, that, mm, mm. <clears throat> yeah. Facts though. Facts. I recognize low key, that. Low key facts. Who, low key whose facts. streets are streets? Sits with me wrong though sometimes because sometimes some white people be like, "Whose streets are streets?" I'm like, "Yours, nigga." You're like what? what are you <laughs> like we're in best time, bro. <laughs> these definitely like, not your streets. These specific streets are not yours. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 this one, no, definitely not yours. That street says Malcolm X. Your streets? <laughs> like, absolutely Our not. streets. I'm on the intersection of yeah, MLK and Crenshaw. These are our streets. Uh, these are uh, our streets. <laughs> Whose side uh, are you on? Yeah. Uh, Mama, do before we get to know you uh, and yeah. let our listeners get to know you, uh, we'll just kind of walk through what we're going to talk about in this episode. Um, you know, I think... It's a great time to talk about, you know, Mamadou wrote a brilliant piece in Vulture that I really uh, encourage mm-hmm. many people to read about navigating Hollywood and the policing of black voices um, in the industry. So I think we'll get a little bit of uh, talk from especially you and Lacey because, you know, you guys are uh, know how to Hollywood while black uh, and kind of get some takes on that as well as talk about AMC going mask off, then mask on. Or mask off again, depending on if the mask is literal or metaphorical. Um, But we'll get into that. As well as conservatives are like, they're acting like they're canceling Jimmy Kimmel for his... There's a lot of weaponizing of the moment I'm seeing from uh, really bad faith actors, especially on the right, who suddenly forget what their entire platform uh, is built on. Uh, So we'll talk about that and maybe the re-emergence of junk food in the pandemic because we are just trying to comfort ourselves uh, but first, Mamadou, what's something from your search history that is revealing about who you are? Um, I tried to search if there's any trap remixes of the hip hop Harry beat. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm DJing a party later and I'm just like, right. bro, I want, I need people to be out here, uh, moving the goddamn feet to this beat. Cause at first when I heard the song, I was like, oh man, this is so annoying. It's probably going to be a meme for this whole summer. But now right. whenever I hear it, there's like a joy in me and I kind of need to hear yeah. Tiki. Fuck these niggas up. Go, 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 go. I just need that, you know? Yeah. Oh, that sounds so good. Before like yes. with Tay Keith. Oh Ooh, my God. Who's you know next? Who's next? next? Yo, Whoa. I'm trying to mix it. I, I DJ too. So like I'm trying to mix it with um, Uproar by Lil Wayne right now. Okay. Because there's the five, four, three, two, that part, like, and try and mix it with the ghost. And wow. I'ma say, once I once I get my recording set up figured out, that shit, that shit about to go up. Wait, so you're DJing what, like a Zoom party? Are you like gonna blast speakers out into like a block party? What's the the setup? I'm going to a Juneteenth party in mm-hmm. uh, Williamsburg, uh, yep. and it's uh uh basically just a celebration of Juneteenth. Like a block party? And Little, little, it's gonna be a rooftop party actually. Oh, cool. So it's, yeah, so I'm just gonna be on the roof and there is like, yo, play stuff that gets people hype. I'm just like, fam, I've not thought about DJing a party in three months. Right. And now I gotta get up there and make these people hype. I'm gonna do my damnedest. And I think that's gonna be the first song. Okay. Wait a minute. Yeah. Is everyone gonna be in mass? Is people, is there gonna be social distancing? Is, are Negroes gonna be grinding? Uh, nah, 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 nah. I'm gonna turn that shit off. I'm, the moment I'll be, hey, 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 is there a kids' bop version of that? Because I don't think there could be. Like you, like what is that shit gonna say? <laughs> right. Of, of, like, t- of next, too close. A kids' bop yeah, version. Exactly. Of that one? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, so there's so excited. many. Sad. Oh god. This yeah, funny... you're making it fun for me. You're making yeah, it yeah, fill yeah, with blood. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Oh, gross. <laughs> so gross. 
I mean, it's like a scientific version. <laughs> what's the one that you do with uh, Sex With Me So Amazing by Rihanna? Oh, no, that was a meme. That was a meme. I was laughing so hard. What was it? Um... It's like, it's it's like, like I'll tell you something. Oh, uh, no, it's like, it's like, it's ice cream. oh, it's like, is it ice cream? Yeah. Oh, pe- people are out here trying to watch us figure out a meme in real time. But like, yeah, right. <laughs> it's, I'll, that's I'll what most it. podcasts I'll, are, though. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. put I'm going to put it on my Instagram story. I'll find it. It's so it's, okay. like, it's like it's something raisin. So amazing. It's like oatmeal. Yeah. It's something and raisin. I think it's, it's like ice yeah. cream meat. <laughs> so ice cream with. Something raisins. Anyway, it's very funny. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's in, we're it's insane. On. Yo, the kids' bop industrial complex has gone on for too long, and I will have right. none of it. Like, uh, I do kids have, listen to the songs. As a as a, a former DJ, I used to get on the ones and twos himself. Oh, what's your setup, Mama? Do you on Serato? Uh, you, 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 are you lugging around milk crates with the heavy vinyl? What are we talking here? CDJs? No, no, I don't have the cardio or the back strength for the for the vinyls. Right. But I have I have a I have a, a Newmark NS72 that has two jog okay. wheels that are motorized, and yep. I run and I run Serato. Two, I have a there four deck go. capability, but I don't run two mostly. And I I'm the type of person to be playing. Uh, you know, I'll play ABBA and right into montel jordan i'm that i'm that type there you of go so I'll, yeah that's so, the best kind when you just like i the, everything will be good in music there's no like real aesthetic aside from everything is good um, everything is fun and i just like to surprise people like i played the avengers theme at a party once and everybody got really mad at me and then <laughs> i mixed it i mixed it with asap ferg and oh. and then it changed everything changed up it looked Which like ASAP i like, ferg in, song? invented music uh work oh work okay. remix yeah, that beat, woo, boy, yep. it changed the whole vibe up. That dr- yeah. I'll, 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 I'll put a snippet of I put a snippet of it on Twitter once, but I deleted it because I was embarrassed. I was like, this is not who I am. <laughs> uh, Mamadou, what is something you think is underrated? Something I think is underrated. I have to say the 1996 original motion picture Space Jam. Um, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I think, I think it's Let's underrated it. as a movie because I think that people always are like, yo, Michael Jordan can't act. I'm like, yeah, but like, Michael Jordan can't act, but he also had to act against like random green things running around. Like it wasn't right. even actual people, you know. Like, um, and I think that you know there wasn't that much in the uh, Jordan doc about Space Jam at all. But like, there was I like that good. Te- there was like that good eight minute chunk yeah, where exactly. it was like, oh, cool, they built that court, and it was. But again, it was mostly about how he was using that time for his career. When I would have settled for a full on Space Jam like featurette Ooh. behind the scenes. Right, I would love to have seen clips behind the scenes of that. Also, like as an actor, acting with there not being stuff there, like, is so hard. So for you to have limited acting experience, and then they're like, "Now this thing is next to you, and it's fly." Like that's a lot. He's literally looking at nothing. (laughs) Look at this tennis ball and cry. Yeah, like yeah, exactly. (laughs) And people are out here playing like wild, wild, wild zone defense on him, and he's out here pretending like no. Out here pretending that like no one is on him, and I think and it's the same shit with like Star Wars, like the prequel movies. Like there's definitely like a renaissance of them now, but like they're pretty bad. But like I feel bad. There's like grown ass people acting against nothing. Not talking like there's Shakespearean actors who went to like you know Royal Shakespeare Academy that know how to do that stuff. They're like it's just the stage. 
But then there's like Hayden Christensen, who's like, I gotta talk to Jar Jar. Who is this nigga? Right. Like, it, right. It, I, 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 I felt so bad. So I mean, it ruined Jake special. Lloyd's entire career, basically. Bam. You know, yo, listen. I mean, we talk like imagine like that was analog Twitter. You know, it was before Twitter. <laughs> it, was, it was back when you needed to write a letter and say kill yourself to someone. Like that was back then. <laughs> I was mailing like, in tweets. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Niggas, niggas just be like, oh, 140. Right. And, and right. Send that out. You, you, you and, pull up to the premiere because you're like, I know he's going to be there. I'll get, I'll wait with all the fans. But like, man, get the fuck out of here. Trash, yeah, and, and he's nine years old. And everyone was like, this is justified. And I'm like, what are you I never want to be so bad that somebody would use their gas money to pull up to, to heckle me. I never <laughs> oh want to be so God. bad that people are like, nope, I'm taking a day off work. Kids, right. play <laughs> order pizza. I got to go tell Lacey how bad she is in this movie. Bam. In person. Oh my. <laughs> I can't imagine ever doing anything so bad that like in like in Hollywood in a movie where people got to pull up to me at like TJ Maxx and be like, yeah, you better be in the clearance aisle. I hope they didn't pay you anything at all. Like that shit right. is mad rude. Uh, so yeah. And like shout out to Star Wars fandom, not racist at all. Some of the best people I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like such a, such a mixed bag over there. Exactly. Uh, yeah. They seem to be pretty nice. Yeah. Uh, what about this, Mamadou? What do you think is yeah. something that is overrated? Something that's overrated. Hmm. Wow, I'm about to make it kind of hot. I don't know what, how you guys think about. It's what this. we love. It's cold in here. You could turn up. You could turn it up a little bit. <sighs> I think chalk. I cold. think I know it's Juneteenth. This is gonna catch me some flack, but like, uh, mm-hmm. I think ch- I think chocolate is overrated. Oh, the silence is that what we gonna do? Are we just gonna be immature like that? I think chocolate is overrated. What? Oh, <sighs> just okay, chocolate. Oh, okay, uh, look. Okay, present your case, my honor. Yeah. Thank you, gladly. I just don't think it's as popping as people make it out to be. And that, and I'm not saying that, I think that like there's definitely chocolate industrial complex in there too, with like <laughs> holidays and stuff. Yeah, fuck big but chocolate, right? There, yeah, there's yeah. other stuff that's also good. And I think it's that crazy like- because you're like looking at a chocolate woman right now. So it's just like, I right. am. wow. And, like, and the thing so is I'm that, overrated? Wow. And, hmm. and that's the thing. I'm, Curious. I'm not saying- I'm not hmm. saying that you're not a sweet person. I'm just saying that chocolate has been treated as the sweetest thing in the world for too long. I think it it's cool. Arguably, is I just <laughs> I'm and that's I'm flummoxed. It, and it's arguably is that's the thing. It also, to your point, is arguably isn't. So it's it, I don't think it's as popping as it should be. And for me personally, and again, he asked me. I just want to be clear. I, I just yeah, said yeah. what I thought. One hundred percent. I just know that's a, you can is. have that opinion. I mean, it's yeah. just like how Donald Trump uh, stares directly into the sun and tries to fight it, you know, during an eclipse. Like <laughs> you can fight anything. So if you want to fight oh, the sun, <laughs> you can fight the sun, you know? The, the so. wildest part is that I feel like you want me to go to like the candy aisle after Valentine's Day and just stare down chocolate now. Like, cause right. I will. Like, I'll be like, I, I dare you to be 50% off. Like, right. that's not how I am. So just fucking just knock saying. all the Russell Stover's box. Off the shelf and see, like, fuck out of here. Yeah, fuck Ferrara Roche. Who the fuck is that? Stovers needs to just Uh, go ahead and keep it to Virgil's. Wait, so. And just tell us why. (laughs) Tell us that they are the last minute chocolate for your side girls and for when you forgot about your wife. Have any of you had to explain the Virgil's thing to anybody? They're like, oh, why, mad, pe- mad why people. are people saying like a Virgil, two Virgils? Uh, They're like, you know, like we've been in bondage for about what, eight Virgils? Right. And people are like, what? Yeah. Um, it's really funny when like, well, is that like, I'm what's I'm like, okay, so Virgil Abloh only gave 50, never mind, you know, right. you yeah. it. <laughs> it's a uh, whole story. Yeah. Like, you know, it might not be for you, you know, yeah. but if honestly, you don't know, I like you don't it. Go. 
Right. Because I'm like, finally, we're getting like some of our own language back that feels like it can't be sold right. and bought by white <laughs> folks for money. Because they love to take like, remember Fleek? They destroyed that in a week. Oh. Uh, remember for Shizzle? I'm still mad about for Shizzle. We had for, for Shizzle Shizzy, for, for less than 48 yeah. hours before yeah. they were like, for Shizzle, my nizzle. And I was like, well, there it goes. Snoop, yeah. pack it up. So, so I'm glad that we keep that and hotep jokes because they don't get a hotep joke. Either. Right. So yeah, we were it, like, what's a hotep? The, yeah. Who is Dr. Umar? And why should I know? What is he? a Yakubian? <laughs> I will say, though, the funniest shit to me in the world is what is seeing a kufi on a white person. That's yeah. like what, when Nancy Pelosi and all of them were taking a knee with the Kente Club. I'm like, bro, this ain't even right. Like, there's nothing. You thought you did it. But you yeah. did it. It was the uh, first time I had gone to Ghana in West Africa. I had met this Canadian man who married a local woman and basically became an elder, like a chief of his area. So he had the designation of Nana. So he was called Nana Dave. Stop. And he was like this. Yes. And Dave, he had this. Nana he had Dave. This, he had this Ghanaian wife. They are they are full out Kente, like, you know, because that's a very Ghanaian thing. Like, they're in Kente cloth. And I saw Nana this. Fo- I was like, are you? For, I'm like this Canadian. Okay, I mean he's he's out here. He's like building a hotel and like d- trying to do something like and live in the community. But it was like very jarring when you see like white people were like, oh yeah, like I had to get out of there and I had to just come to Africa. And I'm like, Whoa. I'd be sick, bro. If I I'm listen, I'm West African. If I went back to West Africa and some dude named Spencer was running my town, I'd beat the shit out of him. Yeah, I'm sure. I couldn't. But I was like, I was like, this is it. and people like. Fuck you wow. mean Nana Chad? Yeah, like yeah. this is Nana Chad. He runs Nana, our village. How did that's you come Nana over Bryce. Here? That's Nana Taylor. Hey, yeah, that's, that's, yeah. that's Wife that's Karen. That's Nana Lakin, and that's yeah. Nana Karen. How did they get exactly. over here? And that's Nana Kaylee. Hey, like hey. I don't, I could, I couldn't do it. I, I, I don't. Literally, like I think that's the wild thing about Africa is that people don't realize that like some people are like, yo, I can't do this America shit, and they're black and they go there, and there's some people who are white, like can't do this America shit, where things are set up for you to be the right. most successful either honestly or not and you go to Africa and then you somehow find yourself running shit that's white supremacy right 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 exactly yeah. Woo, find yeah. yourself running full shit. circle like still yeah. on that savior yeah. behavior where you're like on what I provided jobs yeah. on that savior behavior you gotta let yeah. it go baby yeah Nana uh, Dave I'm dude, not Nana Dave I'm not I can't I'm not joking I gotta find this photo it was like a JC Penny mall portrait of like distinct like I've like you know how these portraits look normally of like a village elder or something like it's very stoic and posed. And just to see this dude who was like sunburnt to shit uh, and like with his wife, but very like, mm-hmm, we're out here. Uh, it's a surreal photo. Damn, uh, it's also like, yeah. it's that wild Olan Mills, like kind of blue, kind of little, yeah. little textured background. Yes. He's got two Afri- uh, African person and a not the opposite <laughs> African person. And they just standing there. Oh God, it's triggering. Uh, uh, uh. And finally, Mamadou, what is a myth? What is something people think is true that you know is false? Or what is something people think is false that you know is actually true? I think the thing that I think is false that a lot of people assume is true is that Dasani is water. (laughs) (laughs) I, in my DNA, do not believe... I have no idea where this is coming from. That's the yeah, crazy what, part. I don't know, about Why are all your under-overs and myths and stuff like shots at me? Like, <laughs> it wasn't a shot. It he didn't even talk about that pepperoni, pineapple, jalapeno pizza you were eating before we started recording. I let it rock. I, let, I talked to delicious. my God. And I was like, yeah. 
Y'all need to get your taste buds up, okay? Because my taste buds are on mansion status. My taste buds definitely don't pay taxes. My taste buds are on that billionaire shit. And y'all need to like come My taste up. buds got a PPP loan. It's also- yeah, it's, it's And they definitely shouldn't have. <laughs> yeah. It's brave of you in an anti-capitalist world to be like, I got billionaire taste buds. They come to pay the guilty straight for your tongue. It's going to be a pack-up for you. I'm uh, just saying, I think Dasani is uh, lying about being water. I think what? it's imitation water. I can't. And it's not re- about yeah. you. I'm just saying it's bad. I'm just, no, yeah. I hate Dasani. Well, I'm not it's all a reference. Okay, so for full yeah. disclosure or full transparency, uh, prior to this, uh, Lacey was eating a slice. I said, what are you eating? Because I was hungry, and she was having a slice of pepperoni, pineapple, jalapeno pizza, mm-hmm. as well as, can, do you want to run down the story of why you were, cur- I'm, as I look at you right now on this Zoom call, you were drinking from a Dasani bottle. Is it yes. tap water Ta- in the Dasani bottle? Oh, you're doing that fancy no, thing where you fill up a Fiji bottle no, with tap water? It's yeah. Dasani, and it tastes like oppression. And honestly, How it's did you triggering. Get that? You didn't buy that, did you? No. So you know how Coke owns Dasani, and they yes. and we keep telling Coke like, y'all, we don't want to drink this this dirt water. Minerals is dirt. You're not tricking us. Please stop with the dirt water. They're like, we don't care. We're gonna keep giving you dirt water because we're packed up with Coke Industries. So you know what? Every time you buy Coca Cola, you're getting a Dasani. So I ordered from the pizza place, and unfortunately, they're sponsored or they're they're partnered with Coca Cola, so they only give you dirt water. Uh, and I ordered yeah. a couple dirt waters, and now I gotta drink them. Do you like Aquafina better than Dasani? Absolutely oh, anything over Dasani. Like, I yeah, mean, I mean, because it's the same thing. That's just Pepsi's, Hollywood street water. That's just Pepsi's version of, you know, like pure, repurified water. So, you know, I don't know if it's not great either, but I like it better. I, I'm like a smart water girl. I love a Voss. Mm. Of Voss course, chick. you do with your billionaire taste buds. <laughs> smart water, get that ionized. I and I yeah. get those, get those, get those electrolytes. Alkaline, yes. alkaline yeah. water. I don't even know uh, what the alkalines are, but whatever. Put it in my veins. I live in LA. <laughs> um, <laughs> don't give a fuck. It sounds different than water. water. So I'll take right. it. Right? They're like it's charged. I'm like, great. I'm gonna be charged up. Sounds good. I just fundamentally <laughs> don't believe that when I'm drinking water, it needs to convince me it's water while I'm drinking it. And that's how I feel about Dasani. I'm like, it's like when you open the bottle, it goes, I'm water, I swear. And yeah. then you drink it and it's it's not. And it so, like hisses, like as if it were like, there was it was pressurized. And like, right, it's like, like, what the fuck? What's that? This is what water sounds like, right? Yeah. I mean, sure, there could be <laughs> just, some, <laughs> right? The sound like, of water. Someone like had to get in the studio. They're, they're like the up. Calm right. app on uh, the Calm app commercial that's like, Take 15 seconds and it's like rain. The sun is sound like that. <laughs> like, it's funny too. What, like, uh, you, Dasani has its own rep, like, even as a memed bottle of water. Like, I remember some of the first memes we were seeing out of people going on runs to supermarkets during the pandemic. It was everybody took everything except the Dasani. Like, yeah. even people knew it's like, well, don't, I just might as well as a drink from the tap. Uh, but at that point, people are still. Like, it's still there. I don't know. It must be just cheap as fuck for them to make. Water yeah. should not be heavy. It should not be thick. Also, water should not be sold to people in general. I think yeah. that's... It's actually that's, crazy that's, that's, that that's, that's that's yeah. Let's it's actually go insane. back a step and be like, nobody should yeah. be bottling fucking water and selling it because we're literally... We're just sucking the fucking life out of different places on earth and yeah. be like, here you go, man. Don't, don't worry about the fucking the crop failure over there. <laughs> right. You've got water over here now. But Let me act what, like I haven't bought air in Vegas, so. But that, but that's that might be what it is. Maybe Dasani is actually woke because it's not even water. So oh, not even, right. Yeah. Everyone else is terrible. Right. And Dasani, which is poison, is actually just bottled poison. They're like, okay, see, so we're ethical question. because we take reclaimed sewage water 
exactly. and squeeze all the shit out of it till it grows clear and bottle mm. that. Purified so dookie water. Yeah. Mama do question then. Yeah. Dasani water or a sip from that puddle in front of the hot dog stand? 100%. On Broadway. I'll, on Broadway? I would, I, I, I would drink that twice before Dasani and also that random drop of water in New York that falls down out of nowhere. Yeah, out of nowhere. Out, <laughs> gallons. Gallons. <laughs> gallons. You put me in a Gatorade commercial for that shit. Yeah. 100%. Honestly, I was, uh, last time I was in New York in the summer, I was standing on a corner in Chinatown. Uh, did not realize there was a big ass puddle of me in front of uh, me and a truck just fucking flashed me. And I got I, water, I got curb water in my mouth. Uh, like hot New York curb water in my mouth. Oh, I will summer. still take that over Dasani. I was like, you know, <laughs> I was, it wasn't that bad. You can taste the Tastes culture. Like You're like, oh, yeah. Um, like, tastes you know like what? at least yeah like yeah. well at least i know it's asphalt like i'm yeah. seeing at, yeah great and whatever random garbage water uh, it's like that, right. it's like it's like that meme of pam from the office where she like, can't tell the difference it's just dasani and puddle water you're like i don't, I don't know the difference <laughs> yeah like, <laughs> i guess yeah all right uh we're gonna take a quick break to do a couple beer bongs at dasani and get our heads right and we'll be right back after that And we are back, and let's just uh, let's just keep it moving right into uh, some stories that were some causing some things over the weekend. A full disclosure: we are recording this on Juneteenth, uh, sure. so you know that's just what it is. It's coming out Monday, so we don't know what happened over the weekend um, in Tulsa. I can whew, only imagine what news that could bring. Uh, yeah. But we'll be talking about that, obviously, in the next episode. Uh, but for now, let's d- address something that was pretty big at the end of last week. Was when AMC theaters, you know, they're about to reopen hundreds of locations on July 15th in this country. And they essentially said, you know what, when we open, we're not going to require patrons to wear masks despite there being a pandemic. Uh, And this was the reasoning the CEO of AMC gave, quote, we did not want to be drawn into a political controversy. We thought it might be counterproductive if we forced mask wearing on those people who believe strongly that it is not necessary. We think that the vast majority of AMC guests will be wearing masks. When I go to an AMC feature, I will certainly be wearing a mask and leading by example. Okay, when that came out, I think most people were like, what in the holy fuck is going on over there? We are in a pandemic where the numbers are not going down. They're only going up. We're yeah. aggressively reopening against the word of every scientist ever, basically, right. and anybody with half a brain, and all because what you you got to make sure you get that money for the tenant premiere. I mean, that's Chris Nolan, baby. Like my man's like, yeah, I right. gotta get that. And honestly, you know what? I think coronavirus might actually be super, super racist because uh, that's the only movie that Nolan's made that has a black lead. Right. Same yeah. tweet. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's wild because like, listen, I'll say it. I'm a member of AMC Stubbs Club. I'm not trying to flex, mm-hmm. just saying it's, it's what I want to do. But I ain't trying to go to uh, even in movie theaters when there's no masks on. I feel like I don't want to be there for other reasons. And I feel like right now, like this is not the most important thing that we got to be dealing with. Like, why would you ever like promote that we are going to allow congregations of people to right. be doing a thing together and just breathe the same musty old theater 42nd Street air? Right, because the logic um, apparently that they're applying is like, well, look, people are wearing masks. They're not talking. They'll all be facing the same direction. Masks will only be off while eating popcorn or having a seat or drink or whatever. And that's like their flimsy ass logic. And then when CNN pressed them further, like, 
But like, what are you actually doing aside from just saying like, don't wear, like what, what else can you say you're doing to keep people safe? And this is what, this was the direct answer from the representative from AMC in this interview. Quote, the things you would expect we're of course doing social distancing, seat limitations, intensify creating protocols, employee health procedures, contactless ticketing, mobile food and beverage ordering, but we've also invested millions of dollars in high-tech solutions to purifying our theaters. We're buying electrostatic sprayers, HEPA vacuums, MERV 13 ventilation air filters. We're taking the safety and health of our guests and our associates as seriously as we possibly can, except allowing people without masks to enter your fucking theater. What the fuck are y'all even talking about? Idiots. Also, Idiots. like, y'all don't have no wit. Like, this is actually, like, a, a Petri dish that you're asking people to go to, where there's no windows. Airflow is low. I don't know if you heard. Electrostatic sprayers, HEPA vacuums, and Merv... Oh, Lacey, let me say this one more time. Merv 13 ventilation air filters. Not Merv 12, because we remember what happened with those. Merv yeah, 13. 100%. Yes. It's wild. I feel like I don't even remember the first 12 Mervs. And yeah. here we are on 13. Hopefully, <laughs> yeah. it's going to save shit. You know what I'm yeah. saying? No, I think that it's also like, it's what <laughs> I'm trying to think of like, what is the opposite? Like, you know, because if you take your mask down, if you take your mask off to eat some popcorn, coronavirus everywhere, bro. Especially in like a dense, dark room where like, I'm not an epidemiologist, but if you're in a trap room and there's a high risk coronavirus and everyone's pulling their mask off for a little bit, you don't know who's asymptomatic. You don't know yeah. any of this sort of shit. And on top of that, it's like, what are you going to do? Going to have like a mask, but then you have like the upside down face shield where like you just dump popcorn and drinks down there. So you don't have to take oh. it out like this. Oh, keep that. Well, keep that idea close to the chest. Do you have a 3D printer? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Prototype if that? I, I will. I mean, like, listen, we in New York, I'll fight any herb who has that on there. But I had to go see Tenet <laughs> this weekend. So I have this upside down face shield right. sort of situation. I mean, it's almost like some Wally shit where we would create ways to just trough product into our down our gullets during some un, like some fucking media spectacle like it the the levels of dystopian like we're approaching with this pandemic because it's really revealing how like the pathology of capitalism too like oh, this totally. whole idea of like look we got to get this fucking money i don't give a fuck if people die like we're going we don't get and the other thing people need to realize is like if you are if you're trusting a corporation to look out for you, you are out of your goddamn mind. There yeah. I haven't seen one example where I'm like, you know what, that corporation, they came through on protecting people, even though it was detrimental to their bottom line and affected shareholder value. Uh they did yeah. the right thing. That's just not, not gonna happen. Not once. I can I can I open you got you guys' third eye for a second? Okay. I think AMC is really opening not just to open their theaters and get money. And to stimulate whatever arm of Hollywood they're doing. But also remember, the wild cornball uh, Jeff Bezos is trying to buy AMC theaters. Right. So I think that this is the only thing that they can do to even have any revenue to prevent this sort of buyout. Buyout, right. And right. I, All the and shareholders I, are like, yep, yep, let's sell. Exactly. So I think that's like I think that's something that's like being erased from all of this. But I think it's also like I don't care about giant corporate mergers. I really care about people. Yeah. And also I I mean, I've been in mad AMC theaters in the city and I'm just like, there's all like, we don't know how coronavirus completely affects the body entirely yet. Mm -hmm. But like every movie theater I've been in, I'm guaranteed some dude is in there masturbating and doing some shit. And it's like, it's already <laughs> weird shit that's happening. And it's like, bro, like for three months, everybody's been home and now niggas is going to be beating off in movie theaters with masks on. Like that's it. Like we have other systemic theater problems that we also got to uh, fix. Right, and yeah. now don't there's fucking coronavirus on top of that. Yeah. Nah, and okay. what movies are even out that it's like, ooh, let me go risk my life Tenet. for this? Tenet. Tenet. I don't <laughs> know anything else. John David Washington. Yeah. 
It's a Christopher. I, it's a Christopher Nolan. It's movie. a Christopher Nolan like super mindfuck trippy. I'm not dying thing. for Christopher Nolan. No, and no one is. I don't think that many people are, and I think he's playing himself if he thinks like it's people are gonna fucking risk their lives to see that shit. Like it's like, oh, I may see a, a Christopher Nolan movie, or I may end up on a ventilator. I think the difference, like, like what? I would love to see that movie, but the. The cost benefit analysis there, I'm like, oh fuck no. Getting Not in a room up. full of pe- people who are also dumb as fuck to be like, I'm going to the movies. I'm like, I don't yeah. trust where the f- I don't know what you've been up to. But that brings us to this. So this outrage that we are experiencing right now, that got loud enough for AMC to be like, Okay, you're right. We won't call it politics, even though this is not a political issue. That's a whole other yeah, conversation of how people are like politicizing mask wearing. Uh, but they're saying, like, okay, you know what? masks on now and this is what the uh ceo had to say at amc theaters we think it is absolutely crucial that we listen to our guests accordingly and with the full support of our scientific advisors we are reversing course and are changing our guest mask policy as we real let me just stop right there the whole thing where they're saying with the full support of our scientific advisors were they told you to have a optional mask policy to begin with like what what is the la- like the language already? I feel like betrays what was really going on. Essentially, I'll like s- trying to be like, yeah, because you know we're always we're always having our scientific advisors weigh in on everything. I was gonna say, who the fuck is a fucking AMC scientific advisor, <laughs> my G? Like, who goes to college and be like, right. can't wait to work for a mega movie? They corporation probably do have like a this? scientific advisor. They gotta know how much uh like chemical they can put in that fake butter before it legally will kill you. So oh, I, think it's, I think it's just coconut oil, really. But I th- their scientific advisor is probably someone who, like, memorized all the lines from Flubber or some shit. You know what I'm saying? It's just, like, wild hair, the glasses, yeah. and the lab they're coat. Like, they're, like, okay. they're, like, just tell them to wear masks. They're going to be fine. Don't worry right. about it. Yeah. Uh, this other thing here. So then they go on. As we reopen theaters, all guests will be required to wear masks. This mm-hmm. is the next part. The speed with which AMC moved to revise our mask policies is a reflection of our commitment to the safety and health of our guests. It would have been more of a commitment if y'all had just started with the mask in the first place or maybe never opened. Like, how y'all gonna rebrand? That's like, (laughs) that's like if you have cars, you got, you make cars and you sell them and you know they exploding and you know they exploding before you sell them and then people start exploding (laughs) in them and then you're like, hey guys, we're taking those exploding cars off the market because we We see that you're exploding and we care about you. (laughs) And that's always been at the forefront of our ethos as a company. Absolutely. We know when uh, my granddad got into the exploding car business, I yeah. I was like, you know what? I got to keep this family tradition going, but I will stop it because of the welfare of our customers. Right. right? When y'all said we don't want to explode no more, we yeah. heard you. We heard that. That <laughs> really is some you. like shitty boyfriend logic where you get caught cheating and you're like, well, I'm not cheating anymore. And she's like, well, that's true. <laughs> exactly, babe, because that's a testament to how committed I am to you in this relationship. Yeah. It's like, but motherfucker, I know you, you caught cheating. me five minutes ago. I know you caught me right. on the streets five but minutes ago. Off. However, that was five minutes ago. And the speed and you know, with normally which I, I stopped not cheating. Cheat. I wouldn't yeah. not, I wouldn't stop cheating for nobody. Right. You know? But, you. but I'm committed to this. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. relationship, the sanctity of it. The whole thing just reeks of total bullshit. 100%. And I, I, it's just really weird, man, because these, like, it's there's like another level of gaslighting that's happening from capitalist like the capitalist you know business owning class which is forcing people to work and consume again as if there isn't a pandemic like all yeah. these forced openings like i think bars were opening over the weekend in la i wouldn't know because i'm still looking at like is there oh they open, open. are the numbers going down yeah it's like what are what the fuck are people doing but yeah. they're not realizing that 
even though a mayor might say, hey, we're reopening the town, it's not because you are safe. It's because like the Chamber of Commerce and other donors and people who own business and stuff are in their ears lobbying them to yeah. get them to reopen. Like this is a lobbying effort. This isn't just some, this isn't your local leader saying like, all right, guys, I think uh, you've been safe. And I think we're ready. No, they're under pressure from these people who are like, I need my fucking money, bro. And if you think I'm going to give to your campaign, you're out your fucking head. Start opening these fucking restaurants and shit. It's yeah, really, man. really dark and cynical. Also, people have to remember, like, if you're going out to these restaurants or you're risking it because you're like, oh, it'll probably be okay. Just know you're out there with the most reckless people you've ever met in your <laughs> right. life. Like, because anybody who's out early disregarding everything that's happening in the news, I bet you those people have been out the entire time. There's a good chance that they have, like, met up with so many different people. Like, you are out with the most reckless people you've nice. ever met. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And also, but, like, and guess what? You one of them motherfuckers, too. You there. Like, come on, bro. This, if we all realize, oh, maybe I'm wilding and just sat down, you'd be fine. Yeah. I mean, you look, if, if you could be outdoors, that's one thing, because it seems like mask wearing did help a lot during a lot of these uh, protests, yeah. uh, which is beneficial. But that's in the context of outside. And I know there are I've read plenty of takes on the right. They're like. Oh, really? People are upset about bars, but look at this. Look at all these people. I don't yeah. see social distancing there without completely, like, actually genuinely, you know, pointing to the fact that this isn't about going to see a fucking movie. Okay. This is exactly. The complete, the stakes are fucking not even close to being the same. But it's yeah. Wow. It's because, like, the sooner that you realize that everything's connected to, like, whiteness, money, and, and optics, everything starts becoming so much more clear. Because, like, right. I, and honestly, like, you know, they're like, look at these people doing brunch. Things are good. But you're not going to follow up with them in two weeks when they're on ventilators. Mar right. 13 air ventilators. Yeah. If I, yeah. Like, yeah. So Ugh. it's wild. So we'll see, uh, you know, how that goes. I, yeah. I just, you know, please, everybody listening, just because look at just the numbers, man. If the numbers aren't going down, we're not doing it. We're not yeah. doing what, what we had to do. Then you know um, how to be in the streets. Yeah. Speaking of whiteness and optics and media narratives and Hollywood, uh, Mamadou, you wrote a piece in Vulture that is really, really fantastic, sort of talking about a film that you were trying to get out and its evolution and how you were trying to tell a story um, and how you came to realize whether or not an audience would accept it, whether or not the gatekeepers that allow stories like this to be platformed would accept it. Um, and I don't know, I just want to, you know, let you, I, I feel like this is a great time to talk about Hollywooding while black. Um, yeah. And I think in your instance, like for you as a creator trying to get a message out and then watching how that gets distorted along the way. Um, so do you, do you kind of want to just sort of break down what happened? Yeah. So, and uh, so I've been doing like, you know, protests and stuff for a lot, a long time. And I think that, you know, every black person that we know their entire life has been mired with this sort of like smog of police violence and racism right. from that. So in 2016, after the deaths of Philando Castillo and Alton Sterling, I started working on a short film and I started crowdfunding for it. Uh, called Hashtag, and it was supposed to be sort of a meta-narrative on the, the cyclical nature of things, because especially on social media, you really notice that we turn our eyes to it, then we turn away. And right. it keeps happening almost exactly the same way. And I think that, you know, we all had our great... I think, uh, not we all, but I feel like a lot of the internet that doesn't have access to this sort of narrative, because they're not tied to it, was forced to look at, like, the Trayvon Martin story. So things have slowly gotten woker and woker. Walker and Walker Walker on Twitter, but uh, I made this short film and it took a lot out of me, mostly because 
I was getting advice from a lot of different people. I was taking it in different directions and I went to different execs. I went to different production companies that I wanted help from it. And it felt very much like this like grand gaslighting of like, yo, this idea is, it felt like you could feel the money behind it. It's not in right now. It's not going to pop. You could hear the the gaslighting from the ideas like oh yeah what you're talking about is like definitely an important topic but like we don't do that here and i could tell from the people that i was talking to that it like it made them uncomfortable but not uncomfortable enough to change anything about themselves and stuff right. and uh i finally did make the short film in 2018 with uh quincy ledbetter and uh, michelle francesca thomas and when i made the short film i realized that Throughout the entire time I was making it, more people were dying and more people were doing the same thing that I was like trying to put in this movie. And uh, yeah, it really broke me. It really made me feel insane because I was like, I feel crazy. And I know a lot of black people do because we just spend so much of our time being gaslit to our own experiences by people at all levels of what we're doing, especially in Hollywood and in comedy and stuff. So I... Well, during all of this, you know, you said that we were talking about Twitter, about Twitter, like, I just got mad this time. I was just mm-hmm. like, yo, stop pretending that you don't see this. And like the fatigue and like the, oh, well, we're going to be performatively woke and then we're going to go away from it. Whereas like black people can't turn their heads away. Like we only right. turn our heads into more trauma. And last three weeks have been that. So I, yeah, I made the short film and then I was like, I'm not going to release this mostly because I think that like with black people who die from police violence, they right. are survived by us. And we fight for them. But that was a movie where it's literally called Hashtag. It was going to trend. And my body was on the chopping block trying to make a point. And I was right. going to be alive to see the ain't shit motherfuckers that I have to navigate every single day. So rather than do that and then ruin my own mental health with that, I was like, I'm not going to release this. That being said, a lot of people have seen it. And a lot of people have shared it. It's something that, um, you know, when I wrote the article, she's like, I want to see it. And I right. was like. Yeah, because I can't be out here like, I'm writing something about something that's never happened that doesn't exist. (laughs) So (laughs) you you can't do that. So I was like, you can see it. And they uh, thank you, Meg Wright, for giving me the platform for that. But she also just like she said it moved her. And, you know, she understood the point that I was trying to make. And it ties into so much of like the sort of emotional policing that uh, black people got to go through in Hollywood, whether it be tone policing, emotional policing, body policing. And it it doesn't. And with the moment talking about cops again, I was like, we have to include all of it (laughs) like we have to include all the conversations and i'm not the most radical person i know many more women of color who are much more um specifically black women uh who are much more radical than i was uh that i am but just the police and prison abolition movement is moving past this sort of like cyclical nature like we need to completely fuck this shit up and right uh i want that sort of energy to come towards policing of black expression in hollywood it's good it's a very different beast because no no white person thinks that they're bad Right. And also, like, they think that they're giving us opportunities, but they don't understand that real opportunity lies within the power construct in Hollywood. So I shouldn't have to I shouldn't be allowed to make something that is specifically black and then have white people gaze upon it and tell me why it doesn't work. It's like sometimes you just have to trust that you don't know what you're talking about. And I think that's the biggest thing that we have to work with with Hollywood execs is like there has to come a moment where you're like, I don't know every experience. Like you're not going to see me read, you know, a name native person script or read a script from someone who's from Seoul or, or, or from, you know, Amsterdam and be like, you know, I'm not really understanding this food stuff y'all talking about. Like, right. you need to take that yeah. out. Maybe we could put in, I don't know, black people food, you know, right. like, or I don't yeah. know, like this love interest. Could they be white? 
I know. This I mean, it's in Seoul, Korea. So what about some Seoul food? Seoul food. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> I know. I know it's in Seoul, Korea. But yes, yeah, Seoul yeah. food and also soulful people. Could these Koreans be the black ones? But that is that. But that's what happens. Like just what you're saying, Mama. Do like <laughs> yeah. with your yeah. piece, right? I haven't seen it yet, uh, but the way you're describing sort of this Groundhog's Day effect of this man getting killed by the police and having to relive it and try and figure out how they're going to actually survive this interaction. And I think that puts so literally what the black experience is that essentially it's like what was happening pre-George Floyd. It it was something so real and shocking to someone's senses that they're like, ooh, that's like kind of hot. You know, like that's, but rather than acknowledging like, will you allow us to actually explain to you what this is? This isn't, this isn't something meant to be incendiary or antagonistic because our existences are, are just tainted with these kinds of things. So what, what the fuck is this? And, to hear that someone was like even trying to uh, an executive said tr- tried to get you to both sides this narrative. Yeah, it, it was very annoying. I was just like, bro, like I don't give a fuck about the cop narrative. Guess what? They have a full, they have a stranglehold on their own fucking narrative. And right. they, whenever anything comes out about them, they're like, uh, can you take out the part about the brutality? Thank you. Right. Uh, it's like it's like or that. I mean, and that's that's the thing. Like black people do not have control of their own narrative in the same way that right. white people and cops have. And I'm not saying that every white person is a cop or am I, but I'm just saying that there is a power structure in Hollywood, as Lacey was saying, that doesn't allow for black people to express themselves the way they want to. It has to be put through a white filter of palatability. Right. And that extends to all people of color, queer people, like, and, and, and it's, difficult and it's dangerous to do that because if we don't have control of our own narrative then things that are essential need to get cut out and even yeah. in this article like shout out meg i was just like fighting for like no these lines need to come in because someone needs to say this like right. i think that people in the last 40 years sort of this turn towards blackness being the cool thing that we can like all engage in that has become so mainstream that black people are now being plucked away from their own narratives mm-hmm. And replaced with white people who are doing black sense and you know, n- you know, nigga fishing on t- on Instagram and stuff like that, like right. that sort of stuff. So it's so expansive and it's so connected to so many different other systems in Hollywood, and it all comes down to like this sort of like suffocating cloud of whiteness that is around everything. And I think what what really made me break was one girl asking me, "Where's hashtag?" Like in a very like I need it now sort of. Oh, because you did a GoFundMe. Uh, yes like kickstarter yeah. thing right exactly and i totally got it i understood where she was coming from because i mean that's how i am i try to see both sides of that sort of situation often too much but i and i try to see both sides of that but what it really felt like and i had to be honest about how i felt was like it feels like you're just like yo where's this movie about police trauma that i put some money into and she's right, right. like you put some money into it but like this is really fucking me up and also every three months someone else is dying and i watch my movie happen in real life and right. you watch my movie happen in real life and you do nothing, nothing about it. Yeah. So why would I put something out with me in it and hurt my my own mental health and see you do the same thing you do with real dead people and right. keep it going? And it and it just it really did break me. So I just immediately I was like, we got to start looking at Hollywood holistically, everything from execs down to crafty. How are we inve- putting black people into this? Right. And also right. the idea of like re-traumatizing black people because we understand what the reality is. Yeah. So when we see these films, it's like, yep. Uh, but then at a certain point, it wears, it starts to really weigh down on people because how many times do you have to see these really fucked up versions of life until 
you know, shit starts clicking. And I guess we're beginning there, but that's why I think we have to really seize this moment. I think a lot of people are. Um, And to your point is like, it can't just be offerings to black creators, writers or whatever to have like table scraps or to be like invited to the table. Motherfuckers need to give up their seats at the table. Exactly. You know what I mean? Because that's the issue. And, And I think that's really, I think another issue of like, how are we, how can we really guarantee that there is going to be proper representation in these kinds of things when already we're seeing corporations be like, hey, we'll be back with more on what we will do on Black Lives Matter. More to come. More yeah. to come. Yeah, but like, we got to be real. What This is just another form of gaslighting until we actually see what is going to happen. Mm-hmm, I don't need more mm-hmm. to come. I need you to say, you know what? Like, we've changed our head of development uh, is now like a clear, queer black person, whatever, anything. And just be like, this person is now doing this. Someone who is gatekeeping is now, at, we're, we're actually expanding the, the perspective of people who are going to actually be like, this could be something good rather than a very hom- homogeneous lens or filter that everything is put through in this decision-making process. Right, yeah, and absolutely. that's why you're seeing gatekeepers, for a long time what they did, you know, and called diversity and expansion was tokenism, where they would take on black creatives and then they take their art and they remove all of the the passion and, and the and the truth from it so that they can make it palatable to white audiences. And you don't see that in anybody else's art, like any other like white folks art. Like when you're watching white people's piece, if you're watching Wes Anderson, you're getting the, you know, the alabaster of the alabaster, the creme de la creme. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No one's saying like, Wes, too many colors. Wes, uh, Oh, oh, too many tiny chairs you know why like, is whatever. every shot so symmetrical right whatever yeah. Wes feels his whiteness needs to express he's allowed to do that however if it's brown and black folks then it's like well we, we don't get this reference or I mean Gerard Carmichael left the Carmichael show because they wouldn't let him release episodes about police brutality and about stuff that he really wanted to talk about then they just kept censoring him and I've experienced that on shows that I was on where we were talking about I was the one black girl in a friend group and we were talking about the police and they immediately are way more aggressive to me in the scene and the white execs read it and we're like we don't understand why this black girl's character would why would the cops be so aggressive towards her and we were like because what because she's she's black like Mm y'all and they're like no but the cop has no reason to do that it's like they still think that way and they put it on us and it's like come on now you've seen all these videos of us dying and white people love a slave movie they love a good old black trauma porn that they can just like Mm. skirt up and down the oscars or some something with some good old savior behavior and yeah, savior yeah. behavior, like you said. And I don't even watch those things anymore. And it's kind of like that get, uh, that uh, meme of the girl who's drinking the soda. And she's like, hmm? Mm. Like yeah. so, it's yeah. like when Kombucha? I see, right. when I see an ad for a, a black trauma porn movie, <laughs> I'm not I'm not interested. When I Look, see an audition, I'm like, hmm, maybe I gotta go get my Lupita on. I don't want to, but that's right. the industry yeah. that I live in. Those are the choices that I have. I gotta go get beat on and uh, like a slave, so I can so I can give me some some clout. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, sad. you know, it's it it is so sad because like. I think that, like, you know, we all make the jokes about, like, white people was asking us, did you see Get Out? And we got to ask them, did you see it? Because <laughs> right. it feels like you're not changing anything about your behavior to us based on that. And it is that. And I think it's, like, what's even more insidious, I think that, like, what people don't really fully realize about what needs to change in Hollywood is the t- thing that we're learning. We, we know about world history. Everything in world history is people refusing to give up power. And people are like, right. oh, bet? No power? Okay. Cool. We take it everything. Your head's mine, yeah. G. Like, that's right. what it is. And I think in Hollywood, it's like, we don't, it doesn't need to be a violent transfer of power. It literally is like, 
We're giving you this power. And I think that it, it can't just be the one black person in the room. It can't be yeah. just two. Because you need to, and as a former teacher, you need to build scaffolding. Something to like hold on to so that like they can understand, like we can feel like we can communicate with each other and have some sort of power. And I think that is a fear that a lot of white Republicans have in this world and a lot of white people on the right, but also on the left. It's like there's a lot of people who angle themselves to be at the front of black movements who are white allies. And I'm like, why are you at the front? Unless you're mm-hmm. depending me from a cop at a protest, right? You, we, it's it's okay to not be the forefront of it. And I I know plenty of people who may not think of it that way, but that's how we perceive it. But then on top of that, there's a culture of silence where we're not allowed to talk about this stuff because we know it could be our career. And right. I think that in this moment, so many people are talking about it because we have so much frustration that is from everything. Also, we've all been cooped up for like three months, but like right. there's so much frustration from everything. And you know, media pieces like 13th and When They See Us, Shout Out Ava and Watchmen. Like these are all stories that black people really know and white people don't. And I think that's to put it in improv terms, shout out UCB, but not really. Um, <laughs> it's We don't have the same base reality. And right. we're coming into a scene where we, the white-based reality is supposed to be the subjective truth, but we know it's been whitewashed and spun to be something else. And even in the movies that you say, oh, this is about black people, like, uh, what's the movie? Hidden Figures. Then my man was breaking down that bathroom sign. I'm like, get the fuck out of yeah, here. That right. nigga did not knock down no goddamn bathroom. Like, hey, nigga, go to, the, go to the bathroom over there. That's, that's how it went down. It's like, it's not, and that's the stuff. It's like, there's still this positioning of like, the framing of white goodness and redemption and innocence, where in reality, we know that's not how it is historically. And the fact that like people can just post a black square and be quiet, that brought out everyone's frustration and anger because we on the inside know that this is not how it is. Yeah. And we felt we've had to hold it in because if we let that shit out, it's a pack up for our life, our career. And there's an insidiousness to like the way that, you know, whiteness makes blackness threatening at the drop of a hat and smallest instance smallest instance and it and that is policing that's the tone police block that i was talking about that is all that stuff and like even with j cole no name like it's coming from inside the house too like that that sort of white supremacist thought is still like oh yeah black woman quiet your shit down like what we there's so much that needs to be unpacked and undone i think that's the beauty of like what's coming out of this movement not just for hollywood but for the world about you know police abolishment and prison abolishment because it's like we need to like strip this shit and we need to like fix things but it requires us all to like decenter ourselves and center equity in a certain way white people are not good at that there's like what do you need me to do money cool and that we need infrastructure. We need power. Right. And that requires people who get into these positions. The, you know, people are doing it, like the Issa Rays, the Donald Glovers, the Avas, who are doing these things to, like, pay it forward and, re- and recenter the people who are the most vulnerable within our own black community as well. And that is something that has to start up at ad execs and development execs, go to showrunners, to writers, to writers' assistants, to assistants, to Crafty, it has to trickle down to PAs. Yep, crafty hair yeah, and makeup. All the and way I was down. in the Hollywood Reporter before COVID hit in the Oscars edition talking about mm-hmm. the disparities when it comes to people who even know how to do black makeup and hair. Like, I don't think mm-hmm. white people realize that we get up every single day and we just face abuse every day and we're yeah. quiet because we're like well these con edison don't care that this white lady was mean to me so i'm just gonna have to take it on the chin because i gotta pay my fucking bills and right. 
they don't get that. And, you know, it was super disappointing to me to in L.A. 706, I'm going to put y'all on blast again, to hear uh-huh. from the 706. And this is not the people of color who work within 706. Shout out to y'all because y'all are fighting so hard to get jobs. And it's such a I know it's a hard space. But um, I heard that people in the meetings read The Hollywood Reporter and wanted to boycott The Hollywood Reporter. And were talking about all the great things that they were doing for black women and hair and makeup and the programs that they had. And I said, so if this is what... You're, the problem you have, right? I'm an actress. I work. I'm not famous at this moment, but I'm employed. And But you have Taraji P. Henson. You have Gabrielle Union. You have Natasha Rothwell. You have actresses who have been in the game for decades telling you the same thing. And instead of being like, wow, if they're still saying it's a problem, maybe we aren't doing enough or maybe what we're doing isn't working. But instead, there's that white fragility that hops in that centers yourself and makes, your, makes it all about you and how you feel when people are hurting. And that's like if you went to the doctor and you're like, doctor, like I'm bleeding. The doctor's like, okay, that's not my fault. So, so whose fault? So whose fault is it that you're bleeding? Why you get stabbed? Why you out here running the knives? I didn't run the knife into you. It's like, help me. I'm asking you to help me, not to make it about you. Yeah. Yeah, that's the ugly part where it's just like you pull up somewhere and it's it's the meme. Again, I keep talking to memes. I'm sorry. My brain is fundamentally broke about the internet. But it's it's that shit where Eric Andre's shooting Hannibal and be like, why would you make me do that? And I'm like, no, it don't, it don't got to be this way. I right. literally just need you to like change these things. And one thing that got taken out of the article for word count because it was near 3,000. Uh, but because I had so much to say, there's just so much to unpack. But like I needed yeah. to make it a cohesive story. Shout out editors. Is that like you can't arrive like 500 years late to class and then be like, all right, page one, Black Lives Matter. Like <laughs> you, you gotta, you right. gotta come in and realize that you are not leading the movements. You are contributing to it. And I think right. that there's a skewing in our media, the way that the world looks at like the different oppressions. That it seems like things are one to one, whereas everything is so complicated. It's not just men versus women. It's not just black men, white woman. It's not white woman, black. It's all of the things connected. And if you start intersecting it all the way down the bottom, and you start realizing who's the least protected. I, and we were talking about this the other day, Lacey and I, just like, specifically, it's trickle-down justice. It's just trickle-down justice. And it's like, we're going to break the glass ceiling. We're going to come back and get you. Has that happened? <laughs> like, at the moment that black well, white people are like, well, I'm tapped out. I donated to 15 fucking organizations. I'm exhausted. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that shit. Made, and I talk about it all the time. Race time continuum. You see it. You're like, oh, my God, I'm so upset. What are we going to do? All right, we fixed it. And then you go right back down that little race curve. Race time continuum. Damn. The race time continuum. Listen, yeah. I think, and that's the thing. The only reason that I have any sort of, like, quotable memes and stuff like that that I'm good at talking about this is that I've done this my entire life and I've tried to explain it in every way to people who are not trying to change and now we're not going to let you and I think that it's it starts with you know the safety of black people in Hollywood and that requires the scaffolding at all different levels but then it also comes with like the rejection of white mediocrity in the face of black people who work their entire goddamn lives to have the most stacked IMDb, the most stacked credits, the most stacked like writing samples, and they pull up and they're like, "Oh yeah, this is Keith from Costco. You might have written on 15 different Oscar award uh, right. nominated movies, but we just found him and he was, you know, you know, buying." He was homies Costco. with the showrunner. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he was in yeah. Costco at the time. Yeah, he was that Costco. He, he actually yeah, had the showrunner like load a bunch of dog food into his car. Exactly. Uh, and he made a funny yeah. dog food joke, and the guy was like, "Hey, you want to be in a writer's room?" Exactly. And that's not to say that there aren't many talented white writers, but what you guys have to understand is 
And and this is where like I find myself trying to incentivize white folks because I just know that they I wish they had more empathy in their hearts. But many it's just about them. So I'm like, look, you can sleep better if you do these things for black people, and then you know you're not the bad guy. You just keep doing those things, and right. thank you so much. Or like white folks who've worked really hard for the things that they have. It's not that we don't know you exist. The issue is, is that you don't realize like for as much as you've ever had to work, we've had to work harder. And it's not. But we're not saying that to say that we're better than you. We're saying that to say that. You got to work and you didn't have to get followed home by the police. You got to work yeah. and you didn't have to quietly deal with your first AD putting his hands on you on set. You got yeah. to work and when you spoke up and said that, hey, I'm getting sick, they didn't make you work in the freaking woods until you had to go to the hospital. You right. got to work and you didn't have to, you know what I mean? And I'm, these are my personal experiences that I just listed yeah. off in Hollywood where like yeah. people, I've had white men putting their hands on me to the point where I had to be like, please stop. And I was the, supposedly the most important actress there, number one on the call sheet. Right. And they're like, like oh, she's yeah. kind of difficult, huh? I had an AD break his fall on me on set, tripped, and grabbed me to break his fall. Could you imagine being on a set where anybody worked on that set and, and Nicole came in or any other delicate white woman, and then you saw like a gaff or like, whoop, I'm tripping. Let me grab on a Nicole so I could, so I don't <laughs> fall to the ground. <laughs> what? Oh, man. Yeah. What? I'm, so I, just know, like... This is what we're talking about. We're not trying to take away from the fact that you've worked hard for your the things that you own, but do know that we are surviving one every day that we get up, and then yeah. we're doing twice, three times as much work just to be considered for a tokenized position. Yeah. And on top of that, just as people, the most vulnerable in the world that feel like we aren't, we don't have even access to these stories. Because when they're like, all right, we want to make this movie about how... You know, we're going to have it. It's going to be a parallel universe. It's going to be you, Nicole Kidman, and this AD is going to fall on you. And then they'll somehow like erase you from the story. They'll mm -hmm. somehow like, you know, somehow it was Lacey, but now they've made that person shades, 14 shades lighter. And they're actually right. being played by uh, Lena Dunham. Scarlett Johansson. Like, okay. Exactly. So, yeah, you know, we, we, we know our roster. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So it's like there's this sort of like keep calm and carry on mentality, not to get UK, but like mm -hmm. it is this racism where it's like, uh, white people are like, all right, it's all good, and like, well, we're gonna fight racism until you gotta like look within. And I think yeah. that we're we all need to look within to if we want to control make any sort of transformative change in hospital yeah. in Hollywood, it requires an internal look, something that like black people have had to do to survive, because we need to talk. I need to talk to Lacey to tell her like this is what happened, so I right. don't feel crazy. It is. And I think that, you know, I never want to like, you know, co-opt ab abuse language, but these are power dynamics and mm -hmm. they intersect once you talk about race and gender yeah. and, you know, sexual orientation, gender expression. It's like it's so very layered and complicated and it can't just be a post on Twitter. It can't be a post on because like people been out here posting on Twitter, posting on Instagram, getting dragged whole yeah. whole organizations being like we stand for black lives matter and all the black people be like this you and it's like every single time that that happens i'm like we yeah we know this is exactly what it is every single fucking time it's like we people want to look good rather than do good and i think that when it comes to allyship we need to do the good and we need the receipts because you know yeah. that black people got theirs against you and it i think that like we also need to allow people to grow and change i'm a part i'm a teacher so like you know if I, like I said in the article, if I'm getting sick of people, you know my patience is run dry. Yeah. I taught 12-year-olds, man. Yeah, them niggas right. was roasting my... Shout out to y'all. Shout out Jamiel. Uh, <laughs> roasting me. So it's like... Um, 
I'm tired, I'm exhausted. And if I'm tired, then I know that somebody has to deal with the intersection of being a woman like Lacey also is exhausted. And somebody who's queer is definitely exhausted. Somebody who's fat in this industry too, fucking exhausted. Somebody who's not cis. Like it's it's like there's so many layers and it requires not centering of just a group, but centering of just like an equity mind. And I think yeah. that there's a lot of white people who walk into a room and they see a bunch of white people and they say they don't, they don't see anything wrong. Yeah. And that is a problem. True words. All right, let's take yeah. a quick break and we'll be right back. And we're back. Um, let's just really quick. I just want to point out to the, the this piece in the New York Times from like last week. It, it was talking the author of Salt, Sugar, Fat. Um, like the book was like fantastic. It was basically talking about like this systematic poisoning of us through all these processed foods we eat and these combinations that are having just the worst effects on our health, but are being like, yo, but this is how we get people to buy it because it tastes good and yeah, fuck, fuck the health effects. Um, yeah. So. I'm not going to fault his tone as he like talks about how like excited food makers are, but it is kind of funny. So it seems like right now, a lot of the processed food industry is basically like, oh shit, like we're back. Like the pandemic has brought the, like the just comfort food, junk food, eating, uh, you know, wave right back. And a lot of people, I think myself included, I was being very like, nah, I don't need to eat this shit. I don't need to eat just like straight up sugar stuff. Like I can be a little more mindful to keep my internal processes running uh, optimally. But now a lot of people, you know, in the pandemic, we're in our homes. We are basically finding out that like we like to snack more. Like it's just what it is. We're grazing now. And basically now there's a lot of these uh, food makers saying like, holy shit, like snacking has come back. Like snacking is like the, is the wave right now. But I think depending on how you are, I think, I think I find myself in the category of like eating junk food just purely to be comfortable. That's it. Like right now I find myself being like, Hey dude, I need fucking ice cream. I need to eat a whole sleeve of Oreos like in one go, just because at times it, it helps with other things. Um, but then I think the other thing is like a lot of people don't have like the knowledge, wealth or discipline to stay on a healthy diet. So mm -hmm. I don't know how anyone could be like expected to consider those things, especially when right now we're kind of like in this slow motion societal collapse. Uh, but apparently yeah. people are loving canned soup right now. <laughs> I canned think soup? They're not yeah. loving it. They Nigga, were just your life, getting your it. Your life is over <laughs> if you like canned soup right now. This, Man, who no, this canned soup slaps progresso? Ooh, yeah, oh, my no, God. God. I think no, what this... it is, obviously, because it's the easiest shit to make. You know what I mean? Mm -mm, good, baby. <laughs> oh only for, I think it's only... I think they're jumping the gun a bit. I think that's like people being like, masks are back, baby. Everybody yeah, wants right. PPE. Everyone's going to wear PPE for the next 10, 20 years, baby. Right. Like, you have to, like, I think they need to realize the time that we're in because Cam do slap and people were getting it because it doesn't expire and they didn't know how long it would be until their next grocery store trip. So it's kind of wild to me that people are like in extracting that from the narrative and being like, we got them where we want them, hooked yeah. again. It's like, same, yeah, General Mills, their cereals jump like 30% and like waffles. And they're like, oh, here we go. Damn, I should have got stock I, in Eggo. Damn it. Oh, 100%. Can you imagine Woden? just coming up off the Eggo dollars? You get those Eggo checks in the mail? Nobody's Ooh, letting go right now. Oh, no, 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 niggas. Hey, oh, but let go my motherfucking Eggo. <laughs> like, you be out here trying to pay big coronavirus to get your Eggo money to stay up. <laughs> like, 
Like, soup is wild to me because I'm like, yo, there's no, like, okay, I'm not going to slander soup. I'm, I'm an ally to the soup community. Okay. I, I want to be clear. I'm just saying that, like, there is no way that someone looks at those numbers and goes, like, soup is in. We got to get this soup shit going. There's, like, like, listen, it's like the scientists at the AMC. Like, there's nobody looking at those numbers and saying that, like, soup is what is in. And I don't know. Right. I don't. Also, to say that it's in. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, like cans, like a survival food is not in. A survival <laughs> food means that we're trying to survive. <laughs> that is all that is. Dry spaghetti, know. man. We're back. We're back. Like, Chef what? Boyardee, Chef Boyardee yeah. putting on his hat is like, I Ooh, swore I'd retire, boy. but I guess I'm back in the game now. Like, all that kitschy astronaut yeah. food. They're like, everybody buying our camping food. Let's astronaut <laughs> ice cream. Yeah, the, the other thing is, but a lot of people, like six in 10 adults in this other survey were cooking a lot of their meals from scratch, which is really interesting. Mm, uh, so I think some people that. took the time to just be like, I got so much time, like, oh shit, carrots are cheap? Okay, maybe I can do something with this. Um, but the other thing that's really interesting is like how the sort of pendulum broke down in different ways. Um, yeah. One of the biggest things was for people who said, like one in four people said they were eating more salty and sugary snacks. And this... This like category of people was dominated by the 18 to 29 demographic, which like back in 2014 were the same people who were like, oh, I'm off this shit. Like I'm off this processed food. So we've had to come. It's interesting to see that just in these times, like, yeah, there is a certain amount that we just it's comfortable to maybe do less work to cook and just eat something that reminds us of childhood when we didn't know about, you know how right, deep systemic racism was or a pandemic or capital. We're all stressed. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like if a, a Scooby-Doo snacks box could talk, it'd be like, ah, I see you, bitch, coming, crawling back. Where's What's... your avocado toast now, <laughs> millennial? Right, right. <laughs> I dare you. I dare you. What's the wildest snack-like journey you've gone on in this pandemic, like in terms of volume? I ate one and a half pints of ice cream in one sitting. I definitely had a haagen moment. And then, and I'm not a snacker. Like I'll eat once a day, um, which is very trifling. Oh, you um, do that big one big meal? You're one of those. One big kill, honey. Yeah, it's not working <laughs> one <big> for pizza. me. <laughs> <laughs> right, one big pizza, one big ice cream, um, <laughs> one big wine. <laughs> We're having one yeah. big wine, okay? Having big wine tonight. <laughs> oh, yeah, Allison Roman, who? Yeah. But listen, I drink my wine out of a flower vase. What of it? Ooh, okay, okay. No. I like that. Wow. I didn't know goop.com had a black division. Wow. Right. <laughs> they do. Uh, yeah, right. Gwyneth is now, she's like, this is what my vagina tastes like. Oh it's called my gooped. God. Gooped. It tastes like Chardonnay, <laughs> guys, gooped. which is yeah. what you would imagine it would taste like. Oh, um, God. <laughs> no, no, but I think, yeah, I bought the mini miniature Hagen dazs because I got to the point where I was like, okay, Lace. You can't eat a pint and a half of ice cream. Because I actually kind of did the same thing that you, you did, Miles. I'm trying to think if there was anything. Oh, you know what I did? I got peanut butter, honey, mm. and I the chunky style peanut butter. I yeah. microwaved it. And then I put a little salt on top. And I ate that with a spoon. <laughs> Whoa. Wait, do you smoke weed? Not all the time. That's smoking like smoking that gas, smoking yeah, that like gas. A mm. Fucking hot bowl of honey <laughs> peanut yeah, butter. <laughs> yeah, pass that fucking loud. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> you yo, wow, that's y'all judging. Yeah. That sounds like some me. shit. Like when I was in college, my roommate is in the kitchen or something. I'm like, hey, what you making, man? Hey, can I get yeah. some of that? <laughs> you <laughs> are reason. judging I'm, me. No, I, I like yield, it. I fuck I with will, the creativity. I will yield the rest of my time if it means Lacey makes that right now and eats it and tells us dead ass with her chest that shit is delicious. Right. It was good. <laughs> it wasn't I too was hot. It was just like 
it was just nice and loose, so like you could take. Yeah, it was loose, okay. but yeah. it had the, like the little salt to it, and had the honey aspect. It was savory. It was sweet. It was, and I ate it out of a, a coffee mug. <laughs> All right. What about you, Mama? Do. <laughs> um, I yield my time. What the fuck? Like, what's wrong <laughs> with you, Lance? Like, <laughs> nah. Um, I, I mean, like you know, first off, I think what's wild is that like. Pandemic hit. First few weeks, good. Still working out. Got a good schedule going. I'm out here like cooking. Uh, I love making pasta. I make rice. I make West African food like yasa and stuff like that. And mm. I was doing that. And then Ramadan hit. And mm. Ramadan was like good for your bank account because you're like you can't buy a lot. You can eat right. once a day, so like that's good. But then it just clapped me because I just now I'm back to eating like once a day or doing the snacking thing that you're talking about. And of course, every, everything is going on, you know, protests and sort of this trauma. Yeah. I'm having a stressful reaction and I'm not eating and I'm trying to remember to do that. Yeah. But like, but like I'm out here like eating like little like things from bodegas of watermelon. I got pretzels. I'll get like chips and salsa a lot and I'll eat that. I did not eat one and a half pints of ice cream, but I keep buying the same strawberry cheesecake ice yeah. cream from Ben and Jerry's, our woke allies in the dairy revolution. There you go. And like, yeah, I, I've been just like trying to drink a lot of water and stuff. I, like most of my plans for eating have been budgetary as opposed right. to like, you know, I just need a snack. And even now I'm looking over here, I got my little snack, like, little like non-perishable corner and it's like I'm I cook, I keep forgetting to eat, so I'm never like making a meal. Or as Lacey knows, I'll be like, she'd be like, "Hey, what's going on?" And it's like, like, "Did you eat?" And I'm like, "Huh, that's right, I didn't eat all day." And that's yeah. why I'm tired. Because you know, you'll be tired, and you'll be like, "Why am I tired?" And you're like, "Huh." I love cereal ice cream. There's one from Cool House that's just like cereal milk. I was as an ice cream, Ooh. and it's it fucks me Is up. Is it cinnamon toast like, crunch? No, it's like just it's like as if it were a, the bottom of a bowl of frosted flakes. Yo, except it's ice cream. Yo, that that's, sounds, that's I killed that. Bussin. I that killed that book. I, I, I faced a blunt and I ate the. I, that's when I had my pint and a half revolution. Okay. Woo, boy, that sounds bussing. Yeah. If you can find anywhere that's doing that, I'm just saying try because I've seen it a few places. I think that's like the honestly the next like wave of like cool flavors of like no, you know the fucking cereal milk though that yeah. with like a swirl of cereal. It's that's the good. nostalgia I want. I'm tired of reboots. I'm tired of everyone using samples on music. <laughs> I just want like snacks like that. Right. That's the nostalgia. like one that's like ice cream, but it's like it's the paper from a cupcake that you get from a kid's birthday Ooh. in kindergarten. Oh. Ooh. Or I mean, some sugar like, cookies that you used to get on holidays. You know the ones that sit in front of Walmart that's just oh, pure yeah, yeah, sugar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yes, just yes. A, it's a literally just a box of sugar. Oh. But we need yeah, to go obscure. It. Like that's why I like cereal milk, cupcake paper, uh, uh, pizza yeah. grease paper plate. Like oh. yeah. Ooh. When you're kind of like you know what? Like I'm gonna dip my crust in this pulled <laughs> yeah, up oil a, right here. <laughs> I, I, th I, th I think I might just you know I, I, my elbows a little ashy. Might as well. That's, that's so much <laughs> sort of thing. Like, <laughs> Like, listen, you know uh, what? If, if you can't admit your faults, then who the fuck are you? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. sometimes you be seeing that pizza be greasy, and you're like, yo, let me pat it down the paper towel, let people know that I'm trying to be healthier. But if right. there's a little grease on there, and your elbows look a little, like they lack, and you can't cover them, get a little greasy up in there. There you go. Words of wisdom yeah. with Mama exactly. Dude and Jack. That, that's survival tips for coronavirus. You're yeah. welcome. Mama Dude, thank you so much for stopping by the Daily Zeitgeist, man. I really appreciate it. Happy Juneteenth, man. Oh, uh, even nice. though it's Monday, but we're recording this on Juneteenth, but we'll respect the sanctity of the holiday that apparently Donald Trump made famous. Would you <laughs> get the fuck out of here? Yo, he came so, through with the Kanye shit. Like, yeah. I made that bitch famous. Did she? Like, what? 
What? <laughs> Wait, tell me y'all uh, saw Melania's Juneteenth video from way, bro. way. Why she shoot that shit from? She was like, all right, y'all shoot me in this. I'm going to be in this building. Y'all shoot me from outside. Like, Wait, what? Is that the one she's yo. reading Angela Davis or something? No, it's like she has a video where she's. Hold on. It it almost looks like she's in like a Beyonce music video, like where they are shooting her from super far away. And she's like, hello, everybody. It is Uh Juneteenth. Oh, it's bad. And also, they shot they shot that from three range, bro. Like that shit is all the way back. And it looks mad wide. Whoever directed that was like, you know what? Let's get everything we can in this shot. And there's nothing in that room but Melania in a chair. And it does look wild formation. Like I, it's wild, man. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Damn, bro. It's wild that like, and also like the president's on Twitter, you know, out here just like shooting wild threats out to people. It's like, hey, just so you know, if you come to Tulsa on the 20th, it's like, it won't be like these protests and stuff. I'm like, bro, what are you going to do? Like, yeah, I don't know. It's 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 what those you know charged up white people do who think you know nine hundred antifas are about to pull up. Um, yeah, so, and yeah, yeah. What do you, I mean? That's like the other information wave. It's so funny to watch. Like, thank God my parents on like aren't on that Facebook shit. But there are so many of my friends who are like, I don't know what the fuck happened to like my mom or dad. Uh, mom, where can people yeah. find you and follow you? Um, first off, stop looking for me. Second, you can find me <laughs> on Twitter at Mamadounjai, M-A-M-O-U-D-O-U-N-D-I-A-Y-E. And you can find me on Instagram at Mamadou About Nothing, M-A-M-O-U-D-O-U About Nothing. And I have a, a partnership with Color of Change, where we, a creative partnership where we are trying to find a way to talk about social justice through comedy. Uh, and that's going to be coming out soon. So look out for Bias for us. Cool. Uh, and what is it? Is there a tweet or any work of social media that you like that you want to shout out? Oh man, listen, uh, Alaskan Carl One, you know who you are. I hope like we all became the nigga eating beans, uh, so we feel <laughs> your pain. Like shout out to my man. <laughs> listen, oh, man. as a four, well, I read that shit when I was a teacher still, and I was like, damn, I love black teenagers so much. And yeah, that, protect them, protect every single fucking black child out yeah. there because yo, y'all are dumb funny. <laughs> Dude, black Zoom, the black Gen Z kids. Ugh. Gen Z, it's like so funny. We're just saying, like, shout out to Gen Z, man. Like, even when you're roasting us, I'm like, this is fucking great. Like, I love it. This uh, is how white. This is how white people feel at comedy shows, and black people be like, yeah, yeah white people. <laughs> We're like, oh. like, yeah. I did. I did tell a cop I didn't exactly. know I couldn't do that. <laughs> I, uh, I am a. I am a Gryffindor. <laughs> oh man. Uh, Lacey, where can people find you and follow you? And what's a tweet that you like? Guys, as always, you can find me at D-I-V-A-L-A-C-I, Diva Lacey, on all platforms. If you love scams, robbery, and fraud, listen to Scam Goddess. Mm-hmm. If you haven't listened, the most recent episode is me and Miles, yes. and it's super fun. Shout Celebrate. out to Vulture for writing us up about it. And yes. if you if you bank with TD Bank, I'm sorry. We dragged y'all a lot. And we apparently, y'all love banks, and y'all need to let that go. We talked about capitalism. Let that bank love and go. That bank don't <laughs> love you back. That, that bank. Don't Not, love you back. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> and a unless that I, bank, unless that bank is letting you ride shotgun and lean that front seat all the way back, right? That then maybe that bank yeah. do love you back. Um, yeah, we're talking then, about Fifth Third Bank, by the way. Right. <laughs> a, a, a fifth Third, I can't. Um, and then a it's a real enjoying, bank. Uh, which, if you guys have been listening this week, Steve Hernandez was on the show. But this is his pin tweet, and I found it so funny. Uh, he said. 
damn, it wouldn't have even occurred to me to say, e too, Brute? I would have just been screaming. <laughs> <laughs> And even the comments underneath this tweet are so funny because people are like, historians are uh, debating whether he said E2 Brute or Ah! (laughs) (laughs) Fam. Yo, I love that people can like look at these big historical works of art and completely dismantle them with one sentence, under right. 280 characters. And yeah. it's so fucking funny to me. Yeah, yeah, if I was being stabbed, I definitely wouldn't have any cutting remarks. That was- <laughs> also, hey, oh my God. Also, nigga, you in the middle of the forum and mad niggas just surrounding you and they ain't talking. <laughs> it's the crabs meme. You're just like, uh. Right. uh <laughs> what are you doing? Uh, listen, so tweet I like. Uh, one is from at Hakeem Jefferson. Uh, this is about Juneteenth. It says, Juneteenth exists because slavery existed. People enslaved people. People bought and sold as property. Parents separated from children. Women raped. People brutally murdered. All in service of building empire. As we engage the smart reads about what today means, let us not forget this simple fact. Uh, and I think that's just very powerful. And <laughs> that's what that's what it is. That's yeah. what we're talking. It's because of how fucked up everything was that we're saying, Oh, we are no longer in bondage. Uh, really, just simple. But yes, please remember that. That's that's what yeah. we're trying to escape. I think that people mistake emancipation with true liberation and freedom. Yeah, because we're not there yet. We're yeah. not there, and people they also look. Let yeah, us go, they, and gave us exact. <laughs> and gave us nothing. They're like, all right, go over there, go do. Yeah. You worked nothing. for free your whole life, but now we're, your freedom is your payment for yeah. like, all but your I, work. This big ass house you live in, that's off the strength of all the crops I was no no no. No. <laughs> off you go. You're welcome. I, 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 I can't I can't read. But now you good. You good. Don't worry about it. You don't gotta read. No one no one gotta read. Yeah. In the future, no one reads. Just <laughs> what I was saying, yeah, like on Friday's episode, that's the secondary dehumanization that black people have to go through. Any colonized enslaved person has to go through is not just the first part of enslavement where your body and bland and everything else is just desecrated, but then after liber- the pursuit of dignity and liberation is the next fucking layer of trauma that people have to go through. That's yeah. what I think people need to realize. That's step two after yeah. bondage is then having to reclaim your humanity. Uh, yeah. And that's and I, what that process is not finished. Yeah. And I think that people just need to realize that like it wasn't like an unpaid internship. Like it was like chattel slavery, like niggas yeah. was animals yeah. to people. Yeah. And then it, then they were three fifths of a person just to serve white voters. And now yeah. Like electoral people college. Are saying, electoral college, abolish it, burn it down like yeah. a target. Burn uh, it down. Yeah, but yeah, I think people just need to understand like that's the truth of that sort of situation, and we gotta stop being so glib about it. And like when we see these slave movies, that shit can't just be like, oh wow, slave. <laughs> like, stop saying you're aware of slavery. Glad that's we all over. aware of slavery. Like, yeah. fix things. Uh, that repression needs to happen. Right. And last, my last tweet I like is that from at Armani underscore Bliss. It says, "Fake laughing with customers is a real skill." Uh, and that fucking hit. If anybody has had to fucking, that was oh my, my fake laugh for customers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this one. Oh wow! Wow! You are crazy. So where would you oh like my to order? God. <laughs> yeah, somebody take the Malbec away from her. <laughs> Oh, shit. Uh, you can find The Daily Zeitgeist on Twitter, at Daily Zeitgeist, on Instagram, at The Daily Zeitgeist. Uh, we got a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes. Footnotes. Uh, 
you know, where you can check that all out. And remember, if you like this, check out the Apple Podcasts, wherever you get podcasts. Just rate and review us. Please tell your friends about the show. It feels like a lot of you have been really vibing with the show uh, in the last couple weeks. Um, really appreciate all the positive message that we receive from people. Please tell people, you know, like... This is what we're trying to do. This is why we're energized to do this show is because we like to communicate and give everybody a, some perspective so we can all grow in as much as possible. Um, okay, so if you're curious about the song we're going to go right out on, I think I want to do one from Fela Kuti, who is, you know, the god MC of Afrobeat. Um, and his album Zombie is, I think, one of a fantastic protest albums. Um, and talking about the mindlessness of military forces to basically do whatever the bidding is of the hegemonic class, like zombies. You say go there, go there. You shoot them, you shoot them. Um, and this is from that album. I think most people know Zombie, but uh, another track on there that I really love is called Mr. Follow Follow, which is about the same thing, about just the mindless allegiance some people have to certain things. It doesn't, doesn't necessarily have to be to the military or whatever. It could be to ideology, things like that. And I think it's important that we we also make sure we are not Mr. Follow Follows or Miss Follow Follows or for non-binary people, we're just not follow follow people. You know what I mean? That we're cutting our own way and we have purpose. And that purpose is equality and inclusivity okay well listen to that thanks so much for listening we'll be back later today to tell you what's trending uh peace and blessings y'all love you bye Luke, come on, use your sense. <laughs>